Because I got everything here, my water, my notes. Where's my Bible? Oh, the zipper's closed and everything. That special Don really loves that series of uh, book, Seven Steps for Better You. <laughs> We're going to preach about Seven Songs for Better You, part two. <laughs> if you're not here like two years ago, maybe, I preached about the, part, the first part. I thought that was, that was it. And I was like, hey, I started reading more. Like, I have a 20 series week. Yeah, 20-week series, that's going to take 20 years for me to preach if I go on that road every two years or more. And I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay with that. Do not give any ideas to Pastor Dan. And uh, he, last night I was texting him on, uh, on uh, Facebook, whatever. He was on for a little bit, said, hey, I'm, I'm nervous. He's like, come on. I said, hey, I'm not you. I don't preach like you. No, you don't have to preach like me. I was like, no, I'm not ready. What? You're not ready? I said, no, I can find a joke. <laughs> All the jokes I found was too long. You know me, talking too long. People will be lost in the middle of the joke, and they'll never understand what I said the first time ever. Because, you know, to listen to what I preach, you got to have the gifts of the Spirit. Be the Spirit of translation. Because sometimes I'm, I get excited, I start talking Portuguese and Spanish, and first time I'm talking Dutch. Villa him gay. <laughs> so Dan's like, you don't need a joke. You are one joke. He said, it's natural. People laugh. At, just look at you. The bump of my head and everything. I was like, Lord, have mercy. But just to get uh, this, I was get thinking about what I'm going to preach about. So my wife looked at me and then said, so what songs do you want to sing? I said, what do you mean? Yeah, you're leading. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm preaching. I'm not supposed to lead. She's like, yes, you are. I asked you. You know, guys, how many times your wife's talking and you're not really paying attention to what she's saying. So I, talk, I, I thought she was talking about Easter. I thought, oh, Easter, yeah, yeah, I can lead on Easter time. It would be easy. Yeah, a lot of people i going to do different things. I don't have to do much, but uh, no, she was talking about this week. So she put on my schedule weeks ago that uh, my team was going to lead. And I was like, no, you can't, I can't do that. She's like, okay, I'll lead for you. But I ended up leading anyway. So I was going to try to get ready for the music, and I did not get ready for the... So uh, all my verses that I, I was trying to print, somehow I lost. Yeah, so my wife's going to read some of them for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, and so I was thinking about a joke. So what kind of joke should I say? Can I break the ice and everything? I said, hey, how many worship leaders do you need to change a light bulb? Anybody? You've got to be taller than me. So the answer is 10. One to change the light bulb and nine of them to say, hey, I can do, do, I can do better than that. 
That's Joe. Hey, look at me. I can't do better than you, man. <laughs> when Joe's doing it, I say, hey, I, my way is better. <laughs> so we're going to talk about my daughter, amazing. Where's she? Hey, I love you. She wants me to dress up for, I was like, no, I want to just put my jeans, be comfortable, on preaching stuff. She's like, no, Dad, it's just very, very special occasion. You don't do this often, so you got to dress up. I said, no, but no ties. My, my neck's kind of grew up a little bit, so um, I can't <laughs> close anymore. So I have no ties. But my, my wife asked her early this week, what do you think your dad's going to preach on? Because she was talking about Brian, how great Brian did, and she was crying when Brian was preaching, laughing. It was amazing. If he didn't, if he didn't come Wednesday, it was great. And so she looked at my, my wife, looked at her, it's like, What? What do you think your dad's going to preach on? So she looked at me. I don't know. My wife, come on. Something that your dad loves to do it. She's like, food? <laughs> I was like, thanks, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, I, I like food. I like to cook, so yeah. So I my wife, no, come on, Brandon, think more. Something else that your dad loves to do it all the time. Sleep? Because I said, come on, I sleep less than you, Brenda. Yeah, but every time I come home, you're taking a nap in the couch. So, yeah, that's true. I said, I hope you don't say television. <laughs> no, anyway, I'm going to preach about worship. Woo. And, you know, you think about it and you have a lot of things to say. And then when you start preaching, it's like, wow, everything that I I thought it was going to do it. It was going to be great. It was horrible. I didn't have that, mm, that done running on, on stage here. But God's going to use, he'll use every of us differently. Okay? So I had made a mistake one time. The first time I preached, I said, if you have, if you have trouble understanding me, raise your hand. And a lot of people raise their hand right away. So I'm going to ask that question tonight, today. <laughs> so, okay, I don't have a lot of time. Because I got about 20 pages here. Half of them is in Portuguese. So just to recap what I preached like two years ago, I preached about worship and how worship will affect our lives. And I preached about the temple, the temples in the Bible, the, the, the symbols all those temples had to our lives. Let's see if this works now. So we're going to have the five tabernacles, the temples that represent God's presence, how... People worshipped him at, on those at that time. First one is the temple of the garden. That was the time when God created the whole universe and created man. And every day, God would come and spend time with Adam. So there was no, no problem. There was no difficulty for God to come. He would just come there, shows up, and then they would walk together. Hey, what's up, dude? Uh, have this conversation, this relationship with, like, like no, I, I can't imagine how great it would be. And uh, Adam, he would come and he enjoyed God's presence. He walked with him, talked to him about the animals. That I put the name on this one as a, as a kangaroo. And the guys would say, kangaroo? Why kangaroo? So anyway, that's, like, that's your job anyway. So they have this conversation, this talking. And the relationship was great. So God's desire for us is to have that relationship, that he can come every day and just spend time with us 
and there was no shame, there was no blame, you not worry about what you're wearing. Uh, at that time, Adam did not worry about anything. So it's a, it's a relationship, it was a crazy relationship. And if you think about it, it's like so wonderful, just God come anytime into your life. The second one, the temple of Moses. So, you know, the, the, the people of Israel was like walking around for 40 years in the desert, and they're carrying this ark. So every time they stop for a while, they, they have to put the ark in a place, so they, they make this tabernacle. And the, the ark was located in the Holy of Holies. So that temple has three uh, rooms. One it was the sanctuary that everybody comes and enjoy fellowship, sing songs, and listen to a Brazilian guy talk for a little bit. And the presence of God was not there. And the presence of God was not in the second room. That's the, the holy place. And the, that was the place where the, the, the high priest always uh, prepared everything for the, the sacrif sacrificial of the, the animals and everything. So in the third place was the room was the, the holy of holies that once a year God would show up and that's it. Only one person would go there in the presence of the Lord. If he was okay, if he didn't sin the week before, the day before, he was, he was alive. But if, he did, if you're not in good shape with the Lord, bye-bye. He was gone. So that was the temple of Moses. The other one is the temple of David. David was one of my, is my favorite character in the Bible. And this temple was one of my favorite ones in the Old Testament because David was not a Levite. So he's not a, he was not on the worship team, okay? Even though he had a nice gift and he could play the, uh, any instrument, he can write songs, but he's not a part of the team that be in the presence of the, of the Lord that was the high priest. So once he brought the ark that was lost, the enemy stole the ark for years, when he brought the ark back to, the, to the, uh, Israel, he made this celebration party and then placed the ark in the middle of this room. But it would be like here. This is the ark, and there was no division. Everybody would come, and every day, 24-7, the presence of the God was there. The, the, the mist, the, the dew would come and fill the place was so thick that you cannot see anybody in front of you. So the presence of God was there, and the... the, the for years, all the, all the years were in their place, they, have, they did not lose any war. So God gave them victory because the presence of the Lord was right there. And it was a great time, especially for Dave, because he's not part of the Levites. So he could be in the presence of the Lord all the time. That was his desire. And then the fourth one was Solomon's uh, temple. So God gave... Uh, a lot of power and wealth for Solomon, and uh, as a promise to David's um, royal uh, family, uh, Solomon built a temple, uh, a house for the Lord. But somehow, it went back to the old ways. Now the ark is in the holy of holies again. Now it has division once a year, the same thing. And in my mind. It would be like uh, politicians, would, the high priest would be like, hey, king, you know, our job now is not important anymore because on this old uh, David's temple, 
Everybody can come to the presence of the Lord. They don't need us anymore to do any sacrifice or anything because the presence of the Lord is right there. So I think we should go back because that's the Lord. That's, that's what I think. It's not in the Bible. But anyway, he, they went back. Now the presence of the Lord is restrict, restricted to one room, to one person once a year. And the next temple is the temple of Jesus. So Jesus came, since Jesus came, you can see numerous part of the Bible that tells about Jesus being in the temple. He was there when he was a baby. He was there when he was 12 years old. And he was there healing people, teaching people, and all the time causing trouble. Jesus caused a lot of trouble. So he went back and cleaned the place, kicked tables and the stuff they're selling. But we did not pay, I, I did not pay attention how many times Jesus was in the temple until he said, destroy this temple and I will rebuild in three days. I will, I will raise up in three days. So everybody, whoa, he's going he's gonna, to uh, destroy the temple. But not. He was talking about he himself. Okay? And then, because of that, what he said, that gave ammunition to the, to the high priest to, to kill him. So he died. Three days later, he's resurrected. And then, because of that, and if you think about Jesus is a temple, okay? And we uh, create in his own image and likeness, okay? God created us just like him. And as Jesus came to this earth for us to follow him, that means followers mean to be like him. So we became the temple of the Holy Spirit, okay? So from Adam to Jesus, it's a long period where the presence of the Lord is restricted and only some certain people is allowed to be in the presence of God. But now Jesus comes and changes the whole thing. So now the Holy Spirit is inside of us. If you are a Christian, you receive God and Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. So now we try, as congregation, we're going to try to break these walls pretty soon. We're going to build a new section over there. Amen? We need a lot of space. Especially when the kids come back from Nicaragua. It's be all full here. So. <laughs> and, but if, if you think about it, we are the temple of God. And right here, as a congregation, we want to expand. We want to break the walls. Because we are the people of God in the community. Should we impact? Anybody knows our? Yep. We are the people of God in the community to impact the community. One more time. We are the people of God in the community to impact the community. So what happened is, as temple of God, as the presence of, of, of God is inside of us, we want to break the walls in our lives too. We want to ex the, the presence of the Lord to expand and just overflow. The people can see how God has changed and how God is great in our lives. Amen? Okay, now I talk about the temples, and today I'm going to talk about worship and how directly affects our lives. And so I said in the first time I preached, 
that worship is a lifestyle. It's not about how great you sing, how great you dance, or play the instrument, how great you play hockey. Oh, no. Is that a sport? I can't see the ball. <laughs> it's, it's, it's how you live your life. And sometimes we, we think like worship, we come like this morning, it's like, wow, I feel the presence. Of, I, I can feel the goosebumps when they start singing. Oh, but some days you don't feel anything. And it's like, man, something's wrong with the worship team. <laughs> I cannot worship the Lord because the worship team sucks. <laughs> I cannot understand what he's saying. <laughs> we're not here to be cheerleaders, okay? We're here to worship the Lord, and I just want you to follow me. Just come and join us, and let's worship together, okay? But before Sunday, you have the whole week to worship the Lord, how you treat your wife. How you raise your kids, how you act in school, at work, okay? Everything. If you think about this way, Lord, I want to worship you every single hour. How can that can change our attitude? How that could change our point of view of life? How much time we spend doing things that are not supposed to doesn't bring you any growth, doesn't bring any growth for the people that's beside you, your family. We are all guilty in that area. So, and to learn how to worship God, to learn how to worship God in every situation, it's not an easy task. It's easy when I want to worship God when everything is good. When my crop is doing good, everything's growing, I got water, that's right, farmers, I got seeds. But when things are not doing good anymore, it's hard. When you have sickness, death in your family, marriages being destroyed, kids not listening to the parents anymore, rebellious, it's, it's not easy, it's hard. So, we're going to talk about someone that did not have any reason sometimes to worship God. Who's doing that? <laughs> he had no reasons to worship God sometimes, in my point of view. In my point of view, I would say, why? Why this happened to you? So, I'm going to talk about this guy, and everybody knows him. As I already said, he's my favorite character in the Bible. His name is David. David, he was betrayed by his family. He was betrayed by his wife. He was betrayed by his best friend. He was betrayed by his king. He was betrayed by his son. He was betrayed by his his own bodyguard. Looks like everybody wants a piece of David. <laughs> Even though he did a lot of things that was not right. But the Bible still call him the man after God's own heart. And uh, 
if you look at the Psalms, most of the Psalms, powerful one was written right after something really, really bad happened to him. He was worshiping God when his son died. And uh, Psalm 9 is, is, it's a, is a praise psalm to God after his son died. And, and uh, David is going to teach us to sing songs. And then I'm going to present you seven songs for better you. And the first one is the song of repentance. Uh, um, my wife's going to read uh, Psalms 51. 51. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify, my, purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh, oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach you your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not deserve a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Clean, creating me, O God, a clean heart and restore the joy of my salvation. I'll tell you, sometimes we ask, Lord, we ask forgiveness. Lord, I want, uh, please forgive me. But until we confess, and let it come out of our hearts. And you're not going to bring heal to, uh, to our body, our hearts. Uh, in, uh, we went to um, Canada last month, I believe. And it was amazing, wasn't it? We had a place with no women. <laughs> Oops. No kids. Just guys. Some crazy guys jump in, jump in the water. The, in the bear, how called the polar bear. They ask me about you. I no, I'm Brazilian. We don't have that in Brazil. I'm not Canadian, Canadian uh, crazy guys. And, uh, but it was an amazing time. And why? A lot of guys opened their hearts. And it was a time of worship. And sometimes some of the guys felt, I don't belong here. I'm not worthy to be in the presence of these people. Great guys, great guys like that God used my like Dave Campbell, Don Smith, uh, Michael Albano, and so and so. And uh, first night, start praising, and some guys just trying to hold, and uh, finally, one guy touched the other one. Hey, I'm praying. Pretty soon we're praying for someone, and confessing. 
when he confessed, another one confesses through, and then everybody started crying, and the freedom of God was there. Amen? God set us free, but because the confession was made. So that's the first song you gotta, you got to sing, is the song of confession. Amen? Next song, Song of Surrender. Ooh, that's a hard one. Sometimes it's like, Lord, I want to surrender my life. It's really hard for me to sing the songs, and when I'm not, I cannot, I cannot surrender everything I have. Like um, the stand, I'll stand with arms high, and uh, it's everything. We talk about this week, like everybody saying about 100%. Let's give 100% to the Lord. But what is 100%? Just my little time, Sunday morning. <laughs> is that 100%? No, so when you surrender your life to the Lord, is everything. Lord, I give you everything. Here was I want you to do, here what I want to go. This is those are my goals. I want to give you everything, but don't change my goals. This is, those are, I want to be like this. That's, no. But when you give it to the, to the, your life to the Lord, it God's changed everything. Can you imagine Joe being the youth, one of the youth leaders here in this church? Him and his wife. Surrender his life to the Lord, and now he's, God's using him mightily. And all of us, God's want to use all of us. We've got to surrender. I'm, um, I'm going to bring Matt here. Uh, I was looking for a, a passage in the Bible to talk about surrender. I could talk about Paul's life when he changed his life around. But you know what? The book of Acts is still on. That's right. So let's hear Matt's story. As, as Eddie pointed out in the first service, I'm... I'm just a, a continuation of the book of Acts, and that's so exciting for me. And, you know, as Eddie was talking about with the trip up to Canada, there are so many other guys that, that Eddie could have talked about as far as being willing to surrender. And there were so many guys who, they, they completely and wholly surrendered themselves out to Christ. And that just gets me so excited because that first step is so hard. And, you know, while you're just getting started out on the journey, for those of you who have made that commitment who are thinking about it, I want to give you a little encouragement from a little bit further down the path, and there was about five, six years ago, where I was just at a point in life where, where God had me exactly where he wanted me. I was completely sick and tired of life. I was completely sick and tired of what I was doing in life and where I was at in life. And I look back now, and you know, I could just see God up, up there just, just rubbing his hands together, like I finally, finally brought you to your knees. I finally put you in a place where you're, where you're willing to listen, and you're willing to hear me. And there was a little while. You want me to hurry up? All right. No, no. Okay. There was, a, there was a little that's while how, there That's how God did. He, 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 he hit me pretty hard. And, you know, you wake up one morning and you look in the mirror and you're just sick and tired of who you are. That's where I was at. I didn't even want to look in the mirror because I, I would look at it and I would, I would look in de deep into my own eyes in the mirror and I would just be like, who are you and what are you doing? And uh, finally, I kind of started, you know, on my own. I, I knew where I was at. I didn't want to be there. So on my own, I started trying to kind of turn life around. I put some of the, the things behind me that I had been doing, and, and on my own, I started working through these things and trying to make myself a better person, and, and I was becoming so frustrated because guess what? On my own, it wasn't going very well. And so finally one day, you know, I, I'm just talking to God, and I'm like, you know, well, God, what else do you want from me? You know, I, I've, kind of, you know I've recommitted my life to you. I'm, I'm doing what you asked me to do. And, and God was just like, you haven't given me all of it. You haven't given me everything. And I'm like, well, to be honest, I'm terrified of that. Because I'm afraid you're going to mess it up. 
I've got things in my life that I'm going to do and places in my life I'm going to go. And if I fully surrender myself, I'm going to end up in, like, Africa or, or Brazil. Or so, I mean, just Lord knows where you're going to send me. And, and you know what, God, I'm happy. I'm happy right where I'm at. And I've got my life planned out. And I don't want you messing it up. And God spoke back to me very clearly, and he said, I'm the one who made you. I'm the one who put those desires in your heart. Why would I do anything but give those desires to you? Yeah. And I just, just floored me, absolutely floored me. And I, went, I was sitting in, in the back uh, right there, kind of where Davey's at, and I got up, and I didn't really walk. I, I tried to, to run, walk, and look like I wasn't a complete idiot, and I just, right here, right where this plant's at. And I remember hitting that, and I remember the guys coming up and praying with me, and it was just that load went off of my shoulders. Because I knew now that all of the mistakes that I had made and all the messes I was going to continue to make, now they were God's to deal with. And I could just fully, fully surrender myself to God and let him take care of it. And I'll tell you what, ever since then, within a year, I had met a beautiful woman and got married. I, you know, just the things in my life, the finances in my life, the, the things and decisions in my life did a complete 180 and turned completely around. And I just want to encourage you guys. You know, my results, the results may vary for you. It may not be the same, but I guarantee you one thing. When you fully surrender yourself, you will be completely in the will of God, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Great. So now you just need to change the team that you cheer for. Yeah. It'll be great. So next song. So now we know we sing the song. First song is a song of repentance and confession. The second one is a song of surrender. Third one is a song of hope. Um, my wife is going to read a couple of um, passages. Be, I think Psalm 25.3. Uh, but before that, Job, in the book of Job, there was a lot of, lot of places to talk about hope. Well, at the beginning of the book, he was like, Lord, where's my hope? Is there hope for me? Look my situation. I lost everything I have. I lost all my kids. My wife, yeah, I lost that one too. <laughs> uh, I don't have health anymore. I'm sick. Where's my hope? And through the whole book, he's going through some friends come try to help him. Yeah, you're right. My good friends. Uh, by the end of the book, he says, Lord, everything I went through, I knew you just by hearing, just by rumors. But now I know you because my eyes can see you. Amen? Amen? When we put our hope in God, that's when everything changed. I have a Job first. Okay. Job 19, verse 10. He has demolished me on every side, and I am finished. He has uprooted my hope like a fallen tree. And Job 17, 15 says, Where then is my hope? Who can see my hope for me? And then we are now in Psalm. Chapter 25, verse 3. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced, but disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. 25, 5. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day, I, all day long, I put my hope in you. Amen. So first he was asking, where's my hope? I lost everything. I don't have any hope. Now I'll say, 
who that put the hope the your hope in the Lord would never be dismayed or go ahead. Um Psalm Psalm thirty one twenty four. So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. And then Psalm forty two verse five. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him, my Savior, and my God. Amen. So all those verses in Psalms was situations that David came on and upon. And he's like, what do I do now? I just put my hope in the Lord. When you put your hope in the Lord and you surrender yourself to the Lord, it's like you rest. And God's going to take care of you. Uh, I'm going to give an example about surrender and hope. Uh, last week, I think we are practicing here. Uh, we are practicing here. And um, so Krista, Zikafus, Mitchell, Krista Mitchell. <laughs> she asked for a prayer request. She had a dog. Somebody dropped a dog on her porch, I think, and then uh, she is a compassionate person, is, and she took, but she was feeling bad for the dog because she couldn't take care of it because of all the, they worked so many hours and stuff, and then she asking for um, nobody, and we say, how about this person? No, how about Doug? No, he doesn't want one. How about Don? No, nobody wants. They look at me, how about you? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. And uh, I speak Portuguese, and they don't understand me. It was like, it'll be hard. And uh, she, in the middle of it, she was sharing about her desperation to find a place for this dog. And me, with my compassion and uh, love for the animal, I said, without thinking, I said, oh, just take to the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> but once I start that, somebody else took, said something else, somebody else said something else, and then pretty soon I look at the side, she's crying. And I felt so bad. I was like, Chris, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, anyway, but later on, we're outside talking, and I said, hey, you know what? If you trust me, give me the dog, and I'll find a place for it. She's like, what are you going to take? <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're going to rest. You're going to say, you know what? I gave my dog to Eddie, and Eddie's going to take care, and I'm gonna, not going to worry about it anymore. And that's how we do with God. We say, God, I want to trust my life. I want to trust the situation with you. But we worry so much because we want to still say, Lord, it's all yours, but I want to do my way. Okay? Lord, I don't, I don't want to take the dog to the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Even so, still she never gave me the dog. So I don't. <laughs> I think they're gonna keep the dog. Yes, she's yeah. <laughs> she's worried about what they're gonna do with the dog. So, but that's how we do in our lives. 
We, want, we say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my kid's life to you. I surrender everything I have to you, my finances, everything. But we are still want to do this our way, not God's way. Okay, next one. So after you sing the song of confession, repentance, and surrender and hope, God's going to give you freedom. Amen? So that's the fourth song. So once we surrender our lives and lay our hope and desires and goals, then we will experience the freedom of the Lord. David, David was criticized when he danced freely in God's presence. He could not be in the presence of God because he was not a Levite, not a high priest. So he took advantage of it and just danced freely. So Lord, I already gave my life. I surrender everything to you. Now I'm in your presence. I'm going to dance like nobody else. Nobody's looking at me. So that's what, when we start singing the songs, when it comes to freedom, you feel like, Lord, it's all to you. It's all my life. Um, but once you get freedom, you're so pumped, you're so encouraged, you start prophesying. You start declaring freedom on your life. You start declaring freedom on people's life. That's right, Donnie. So my wife, we're going to read Psalms 119.45. I will walk in, I will walk in freedom. I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. I'll repeat that. I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. So I walk in freedom. And sometimes you are free, but you've, the enemy tries to put in your mind that you're not. Chains are broken, but it still feels like it's still there. So it's going to remind you that you're not worth it. You're not, you're not right to, to do anything. So you still feel bounded. bounded. So you got to walk in freedom. And walk in freedom means you got to do your first steps. You cannot stay in the same place. Okay? Uh, Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Okay, you got to proclaim freedom to the captives. Okay, to be free, you got to say, hey, I'm free. And uh, come on, walk with me in freedom. I'm going to proclaim, I'm going to declare freedom in our lives. Amen. Uh, Luke 4.18. When the prophecy came to pass in Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Amen. Is anybody free in this place? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You, gotta have, you have faith that this passage is going to happen. Can you read again this? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Amen. Because once we sing the first song, the second song, the third song, when we are free, there's nothing that can hold us back. I want to declare, I want to tell everyone there's freedom in Jesus' name. There's freedom in his blood. Because when he came, he came to this earth so we can be his follower. Okay? And he gave, through his blood we clean. And through his uh, mercy we set free. Just grace was set free. So we need to, to declare. We cannot be bounded in, in, in here in this place. If you're still 
feel that you're not free, just come to us. Let's open your hearts. Let's pray for you. We want this place not to be only a place we can come here and listen to some songs. We want people to be free so they can go out and declare to the whole world because they need, they need Jesus. Amen? That song of freedom. The next song is the song of victory. So we cannot sing a song of victory if you don't have freedom. If you have freedom, you're going to have, put your hope, your surrender, and you're going to confess to the Lord. Amen. So our victories come from God. This is, this is a song to remind us that we came from, where we came from and where we are now. Amen. The Bible says uh, that we overcome because of Jesus. Go ahead, um, John? Yes, John. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. How about uh, 1 John 5, 4? Sorry, I lost all my verses here. You know, a Brazilian guy tried to do something on Mac computer. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Amen. So it's through our faith, it's through Jesus Christ that we become victorious. And, about, and there was a, a song that we sang, we will, we, we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. Okay? So when you're talking about what God has done in your life, we always sing the song of victory. Okay? And sometimes God's doing things in our heart and uh, we still think, I'm not worth it. I'm, I'm not supposed to say, but just got to say it. The last song, the, sixth, the, the number six is a prophetic song. Those are the songs that bring hope to our lives. They give us reason to keep looking forward. Sometimes the world is crumbling around us. Those are the times when you start to sing songs like Overcome, Glorious Ruins, Let Faith Arise, It's Time. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Uh, in Ezekiel 37.4, it's a very annoying passage. It um, talks about the dry bones. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Amen. Sometimes we think prophetic is only for people who have the gift of prophetic. I'll let you know I'm a pathetic, because I could not say prophetic before. So. And God used us to prophesy. Okay? God wants us to prophesy in our own lives. I was down, like, last year because of different things, and I was feeling really bad. I was feeling, I was feeling like, uh, hey, I don't belong here anymore. So the church is growing, and like, man, I'm, I'm a bad singer. <laughs> I cannot even play the instruments anymore. 
Gabe, did you ever see that Gabe on the sound I'm singing? He's <laughs> been like he's sweating and everything because he, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> he's like, that's true. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> but sometimes we feel like we don't belong, okay? We feel that we're not worth it. We don't have enough uh, confidence to do it. So right now there's a lot of people in our church doing things like when Doug and Esther are not there in the group, that somebody else is leading. Maybe you guys are, hey, I'm not in the place to do it, but you step in it, okay? And then they prophesy into their life, you can do it, okay? The same way, you got to prophesy, you got to keep prophesying so the dry bones becomes live. The people that are dead, spiritual dead, they can come and just be alive to the Lord. And um, so that's the prophetic song. So once, once you sing all the songs, you walk in freedom, you walk in the prophetic. There's a hope, your hope is in God, you surrender your life to God. Song of victory. God is going to start give you a new song. When the Bible says, sing a new song to the Lord, it's not only about songs of instruments and everything. It's about what God's going to do through your life. The book of Acts, it's not done. We are writing the story of the apostles and disciples. That's what the book of Acts was all about. After Jesus went up to heaven, that's the story about it. It stops right there on chapter 28, but it's continuing. And right now, we want to keep that book alive. We want to write stories that how God's doing this counting, what God is doing in different lives here. My life was different from 10 years ago from now. It's like step from glory to glory, Okay. So what God is doing, you got to testify. you got to tell the whole world, hey, my life has changed. And God can change your life. God's healing. God's saving. God's restoring marriages. God is restoring lives. That's a new song. That's a song that we should all sing. But to get to that step, we got to sing all six songs to be able to sing a new song. And that's my desire Yay, I was behind. It's just sing a new song to the Lord. So there's going to be times of defeat, times of struggle, but there's going to be times of joy. In all those times, God's going to use to bring victory. God's going to use to bring his presence. Everybody's going to see it. That's what David's life was all about. All those problems and situations we can see through the Psalms, there was a new song coming. And, it's got to, and uh, I'm going to invite the worship team. We're going to sing a new song. I wrote, I wrote this song, and I add a little bit, a little bit of the, what I preached to, to this morning to the song. We're going to see on the bridge. And uh, I hope you guys sing with us. And from now on, just like, thank Lord, I want to keep singing a new song to you. I want to keep marching forward. I don't want to go back. We went to uh, Canada, and uh, it was great. But there was a lot of people that came and talked about the year before when they were 
in the same meeting, and now they struggle with the same thing they struggled the year before. And God put in my heart that we cannot wait the whole year to help those guys to overcome the problems. We cannot wait till someone goes back to the same struggles they were the year before. So I talked to Pastor Dan. So I'm going to do a quarterly, once a quarter. I'm going to invite all the guys to a place. We're going to just worship and be accountable to each other and open our hearts and help each other to grow. So we're going to have some food, cooking something. Maybe, I don't know, it's going to be churches somewhere. But I'm going, to, I'm going to invite for all the men. I'm going to give you the details later. But we cannot wait for the whole year to go back to Canada and then have the whole thing. We want to be in the same, a different uh, area in our lives. God has plans for us. And the enemy is going to try to put you down, to bring that, you down. We're going to sing about the fire of the Lord that represents his presence. Every day you've got to bring his presence. You've got to say, Lord, come. Come inside of me. Change my life. Change my attitude. Change the way I see my wife. Change the way I see my husband. I want to live a life, a bounded life in this earth. Amen. Together to see your glory fall. 
ways we find wonders inside. Send your fire upon us, Lord. Send your fire upon us, oh, like I never felt before. Send your fire more and more. Send your fire upon us. Now we're going to go to the bridge. We experience true repentance. We lay our lives at your feet. We place our hope in you, Lord. My chains are broken, I'm free. We sing a song of victory. We prophesy. We prophesy, send your fire upon us, Lord. Send your fire upon us, oh, like I never felt before. Send your fire more and more, send your fire upon us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for your word, Lord, this morning. Just continue to speak to us every day, Lord. Not only Sunday or Wednesday, but every day, Lord. Speak to us. And let us carry your presence, Lord, wherever we go, Lord. Bless this congregation, Lord, for your spirit. Your presence upon us, Lord. Let us, let us keep singing songs to you, Lord. We want to worship you with our lives. We want to feel your glory in your presence, Lord. Right now, Lord, just we go home now. And just we want to just declare your freedom. We want to declare, Lord, your glory, your power is in us. And right now, Lord, that our neighbors, co-workers, everybody would see that you changed us. We ask in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen.